With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Oh, it's fun. Crazy. It's painful, but it's wonderful. What is the name? It's Roycey Unchained. Unchained, Patrick. Let's start with the twins. Uh, it was an uh, eventful uh, weekend in Baltimore for sure. <laughs> that uh, that thing Saturday. Uh, I've never seen a baseball flying out of the. If you touched it, it was twelve rows deep, man. It was unbelievable. Uh, what did we end up with? Uh, oh, eleven in the second game, but an all-time record for home runs in, Seven, a, in a seventeen combined. Seventeen combined, all-time which record. was the most ever in a doubleheader by two, right? Yes, by two, and, and, and not, eleven. Not two 11 of for the, the Twins. Mo- not two of the most powerful teams in the history of baseball either. No. It's uh, it is uh, strange. Uh, I pointed out this talking to a couple other people today. Byron Buxton leads the major leagues with eleven doubles. Chris mm-hmm. uh, Yelich leads the major leagues with thirteen home runs. The home run has become more common in baseball than the double. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And Manny brought this up. We were uh, talking earlier today. The double is now the seventeen foot jump shot. Of the NBA, you know the Sam Cassell pull-up yep. from 17 feet that we now would, which we loved, off the break. We now say, oh, why didn't he stop at 22 feet and shoot from there? Right, Just hit more home runs. That's the, uh, yeah, that's the uh, okay. Buxton hooked that ball into the left field corner for a double for yep. his 11th time this year. But why doesn't he launch it and hit a home run? So, do you know what it, the the saddest thing was? Those three games in Baltimore went exactly according to plan for both teams. Yes. The Orioles are delighted. I don't think so. I don't think they will. Oh, you know, you still want to win 60 games. I they lost they're... 115 last year. That guy, they've got the second in command from Houston, Pat. I think he's very happy to have them lose as many games as possible. Well, I got news for him. He doesn't have to work at it. Cause that's, no. Uh, but they're going to end up, they're going to draw off. Yeah, who knows what they're going to announce officially, but they won't have a million people come to that ballpark this year. No, which is in sad. eighty-one games. Yeah, but, but Baltimore. By the way, this whole idea of Baltimore is a great baseball town. B.S. They were drawn just over a million when they were winning a hundred and five every year with Earl. They were uh, they're they're a they're a football town. Yeah, they they love the Colts more than life itself, and then they got the Ravens back, and luckily they won a won a Super Bowl. But they. They're like you old North Star fans with the Ravens. You know, they love the Colts. And uh, 
And uh, baseball was always, uh, even when they were great, was always. Now, when they when they didn't have football mm-hmm. and Camden Yards opened, then they came to the ballpark because they had not, and they didn't have a team in Washington. Then they came, to, you know, people came to the bar. How many great baseball towns numbers. are there truly, though? Boston, St. Louis, St. Louis, yeah, St. Louis and Boston. That's it. Right, L.A. L.A. is a great baseball town, and New York. New York's a great baseball town. But that because could it's be so just bigger because that it, could be just because there's so damn many people. I was going to say, but baseball. I mean, the Dodgers are sacred still in Los Angeles because they were the first ones. You know, they were, and Fair and enough. the Lakers are sacred out there because they were the second ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, and New York is, you know, you go back to the post-war and look at the World Series for twenty years. It was in New York with one of those teams or the other, and oftentimes New York is, you know, I think there's a, but, you know, when you got 12 million people, you're in everything town, right? Right. You know, 12, 13 million. Right. But but as far as out here on the prairie, you know what's become a great baseball town again? Might not last, but Milwaukee. Milwaukee's unbelievable since since the new owner came in and brought in C.C. Sabathia. Right. And they've, but they've, they've done some bad, winning. yeah. But they've also done some losing. Even the year that they won sixty some, they uh, were two three or something like that. So they they become a, you know, if you're a beer town, the one thing that hurts them, hurts baseball is there aren't as many beer towns as they used to. You yes. know, St. Louis is a beer town. Huh? Milwaukee's a beer town, and uh, still. But Milwaukee's not the beer town it used to be with the with the the big companies and stuff. But the uh, you know, let's face it, the craft beer generation is killing baseball. Right, because they love uh, Jonathan Sport here. Yeah, or they anything. Love, they love they love anything. Or the Saints. Yeah, they just assume well, go to the Saints. The Saints is great because you don't have to watch it. Yeah, there's well, no commitment there. Yes. The commitment is completely to the beer. Yes, and 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 it's you know the Twins now have a playground. That when you walk in, they had to build a playground so when you took your kids to the game, you could have them go play and not have to watch the games, which is... Which uh, truly offends you, but is how you get people to the ballpark. Well, you know, I mean, the greatest ballpark in America, uh, if you're not actually sitting in one of those cramped-in seats, San Francisco, they got one out in left field, you know. They got Do they have a place for the kids to go oh, play? Oh, yeah, the kids can... Detroit's the kids. got an amusement park, Pat. Yes. They got like a... Mm-hmm. Little merry-go-round or something. Oh there. yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's the new baseball crowd. But uh, anyway, the uh, Baltimore is boy. That's that's incredible. You can't lose it. I mean, they pulled out all the stops to win Sunday because you can't lose it. These guys. No. If you're serious about yourself, although although the bullpen you, still scared me at times. Taylor, but they might be. They might have old Taylor Rogers running on fumes here by the Mother's Day. Yeah, because they're uh, they, well. Is, there's only. Th- Two guys he trusts. Hildenberger. May and Hildenberger. Yes. I mean, not May. Uh, Rogers and Hildenberger. Right. And then he has to trust May, even though he doesn't want to. Right. And uh, and then the rest of them, he, I mean, Ryan Harper uh, is probably next in line. And then and then Mejia, uh, Mejia and Duffy. And um, who's the other? Uh, who am I missing? They, uh, I can't remember who else. Parker? Parker, yeah. I think they trust him. He wasn't him available. Bit. They trust him a little bit. He got sick. Here's my question for Max Kepler. How sick do you have to be to not want to play against these guys? Against that, you know how many home runs he might have missed out on? Three at least. Yeah. 
I'd have to be in an iron lung not to play against those guys, right? And they don't even Max. make those now, I don't think. No, no. They have to go back I'll, to the I'll, I'll, and find one. I don't, I don't care, Max, if you're, <laughs> if you're paralyzed from the waist down and puking every two minutes. You got to play at least one of those two games, don't you? <laughs> Supposedly, Kepler told Provis on Sunday, I can play, and Rocco didn't play him. Yeah, well, you got to give him that extra day. I could see Rocco, Rocco. doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, oh, hell I yes. could see Rest and we're more recovered, yes. worried about. We want to get more sleep. Did you read Rocco's few lousy quotes, which are about how concerned he was? How the fellas would come through a doubleheader, the rest and recovery, you know. This is the the this is the baton death march of baseball playing a doubleheader. <laughs> By the way, when you win sixteen to seven, do you think anybody feels tired? They're saying this is the most fun I've ever had in my life. Uh, Rocco is uh, man, he's terrible. What was Rocco's it's, quote to your to your point about that? His quote was something like, "It's difficult for a grown man to play a doubleheader." Yes, yeah, it's good, easy for kids, but it's bad. <laughs> what in God's name is he talking about? He's, you know, he's a good guy. You yeah. can tell that. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's, he's useless. He's like going, I, I said this on Twitter today, uh, he's like going to a Spielman draft preview. Why? Those guys will all be marching out there, the, all the TV stations, all the 25 beat writers in town, to hear him say nothing again tomorrow, Spielman. Boycott Spielman's draft preview. Boycott it. He's not going to tell you nothing. And if you're Channel 5 and you're a little short-handed tomorrow, just grab last year's tape. You can run last year's tape. He's going to say he's gotten a bunch of calls and they could move up and they could move down. Yeah, right? well, he, he's also going to thank we, the entire staff yes, for all their hard yeah, work. Yeah, they've done a lot and, of hard work. And he's going to tell everyone when, when they ask about the fact that he's going to take a guard or tackle that he's going to take the best available player. Yes, he is. Those are the four and keys by to the way, press conference. I cannot blame him for that. Last time they didn't take the best player available because they had a position need. It was Treadwell. So, uh, you know. But those are but, the four things you're But there's get. enough, you know, you got to. There's enough quality offensive linemen this year that you got to take the best one still sitting there, obviously. But yeah. that said, yeah. Rocco's quote, you know, the other day I was there, the other night, and I just thought there was something I wanted to ask him. So I, instead of going directly to the clubhouse when it opened, I went in and asked him. And you, you sit in there and listen to him. You don't even write anything down. It's useless. It's football. It's it is, football. it is football. It is the new That's what he's modern. Doing. It is, and I had so much hope for him when he gave me the shot back at the opening press conference. Yes. When I I thought he was a guy you could joke with, so I said, you know, the thing about the opener and you come from Tampa. I suppose you approve of it, even though it's ruining baseball as we know it. And he gave me a shot back, and it was great. It was fun. I said, hey, this guy's gonna be great. That's his last good quote. It's his last good well, quote. Congratulations to you for getting this from him. <laughs> oh, man. But, but you know, people say, well, what difference does it make? doesn't make any difference. Except he can do anything he wants with the media. I don't care. He can still be a very successful manager. But I got to worry about me. Okay? We got to worry about us. We, we go to a game. We sit there for three hours and 15 minutes. We go downstairs. We need a quote mm-hmm. that helps us get through our story. Mm-hmm. And... He ain't going to give you one. So he's Johnny. I said on Twitter, he's Johnny Gorl, 
who lasted 73 games in uh, 1980-81. But Johnny wouldn't speak. He was mute. He was mute. Uh, he wouldn't say anything. He replaced Mock, right? Yes. Mock walked away and he replaced Mock? Yes, and then, unfortunately, uh, he left in August and they won 12 in a row in September. They for no reason. Right. They were as mediocre <laughs> as you could get, but it was September baseball and you're, you're playing the right teams and they won 12 in a row. And hey, we got to give the ball to Groucho. We got to give the job to Groucho. That was his nickname. And and so they gave him the job and he signed <laughs> the next spring training. He would you'd ask him something and he just like it was he was not prepared even mm-hmm. with the the media crunch of 1981 which was 12 you know, there were thirsty sports writers. There were fifty people in the stands, and uh, you know, four sports writers, and John, Johnny couldn't answer questions. Rocco answers them, but he always thinks before he answers it, "What can I say that's not interesting?" Right. You know, what can I say that you won't use? Yeah, he's worse than Tibbs. Worse than Tibbs. Tibbs would answer a question. You get him up there, you know. As far as yeah, he wouldn't break it down into X's and O's, but he would. If you asked him a question, he would give an opinion. There's no opinions except that this team is terrific. You know, Do you know what I think the problem? They're all is? hardworking. It's modern. It's modern leadership in sports. Tibbs' answers weren't good, but you could tell by the look in Tibbs' eyes that he was PO'd at times. Right? Rocco gives you no, there's nothing. You don't see anything there. No. So, like, if you ask him a question and he and he doesn't answer it completely, and you look in his eyes and think, okay, but I could tell what he's thinking, you don't mm-hmm. know with him. Yep. Well, anyway, uh, there uh, the lineup's pretty good though. Yeah. What do you do when Miguel comes back? Mm. Marwin moves around, move, yeah. and uh, somebody's gonna get the short end of the Ostadio stick here. Just, I mean, Ostadio can still catch, but Marwin uh, can basically do what well, Ostadio does. Basically. You can't get by without a backup infielder. They only have Marwin. I don't know if you want Marwin playing shortstop. So I I don't know what you do. I I don't know who plays shortstop if if you let Adrianza go and and go with three catchers. Yeah, I don't know. Castro isn't leaving. People want Castro leaving. Castro isn't leaving. But is Ostadio the net? Yeah, well, Ostadio is the natural one. But now that he's hitting again, how can you do that? I don't know, but something. Well, it's not going to hurt well, you. Okay. By the way, it, it's not going to hurt your attendance because nobody's going now. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, exactly. Let's see when snow really comes back. That's my other thing. Oh, it's going to be another month, right? I mean, it's not like. But an I'll believe all of this. Yeah, Always somebody gonna... can pull a hammy between now and then. Yeah. Well, the other including possi- snow. Well, the other possibility is Jake Cave. You don't need a fourth outfield. I mean, you can. And Austin Gonzal- could play the outfield. Gonzalez can be your fourth outfielder. You know, he can play but they left can, and they center. They can hit. They can definitely He can hit. play left and center, and both Rosario and Kepler can play center if they want to give Buxton. If, you know, Buxton can play 155 games if unless he runs into the wall. So I, I think Cave has, a, has an option, too. So that, well, that, that, that would sense. be my guess right now, Cave. But uh, it was uh, interesting. The uh, the angst over having to play a doubleheader was... Uh, was unbelievable. It's. I think I he's ticked off about the schedule as a whole. Well, I should too. be, and he does, but I don't think he wants to talk about it. Well, so we no, talked about no, the challenges of playing. Well, but, you feel like you're giving the players an excuse if you say, "Boy, this is the worst schedule ever." Yeah, you can you can 
you can put it on Major League Baseball for being stupid. There's nothing wrong with. But they called that. Why game. Don't they say... called that game on Friday, Pat. It wasn't raining at first pitch. They called it like three. No, o'clock. I guess uh, according to Phil Miller, they called it at three thirty, and twenty minutes later, it stopped raining and didn't rain again till like nine thirty that night. Yeah, and then it was so this light. Is... Then they, they could have played. Too. So these people are idiots. Yeah. Well, they're Baltimore. Yes, they. I, I don't know. They probably didn't want to play. They don't give a damn. They don't they care what they're doing. <laughs> they're so trying I, to plan their losses. Anyway, it's too bad they weren't home on Easter Sunday, man. That would have been a fantastic day for a way to spend Easter at the ballpark. I don't it know if I, I could convince the missus to go, but it would have Skip been a up perfect day. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the brunch was, was too much. Let's talk about St. Thomas. All right. Because uh, because I do, I do believe that if your story... And you hadn't gotten tipped off a couple weeks back, and your story hadn't appeared in the Star Tribune on the front page the next day. I think St. Thomas right now would be a former member of the MIAC. Or they would have uh, passed the bylaws that would have allowed them to throw them out, uh, which they they did not do last Thursday. I I agree with that, and I don't, you know, uh, my scoop record is almost nil because I don't do that anymore. But somebody let me know this was going on, and I was, and, and everybody I called said, What's took? What's taken so long, you know, for any of you people to ask about this? And I managed to talk to Steve Johnson at Bethel before he got ordered to shut up, you know, because he's a friend of mine, and I talked to him often, and he and he basically admitted it was going on, and it had been going on basically since they edged Saint Olaf ninety-seven to nothing. And but but the guy I talked to the other day, Jeff Bretherton, who was at Saint John's with Gallardi when John was the bad guy, although not to this extent, and uh, because he beat teams badly. And and Bretherton told me that he was only stayed at Concordia for 10 months because he didn't, you know, their commitment to sport athletics wasn't what he was looking for. But uh, he, uh, he said that when he got there in May of 2017, before the 97 to nothing, it was already a big topic. The, the presidents were already... Because this is all presidents. I was going to say, this is not coaches, right? He told me half the ADs didn't know when he went to a meeting that this was going on. Their presidents were keeping it so in-house, they hadn't even told their ADs. Half of them hadn't even told their ADs. So it was, uh, it, it's, I mean, it. this is Division Three athletics. Right. Look at it. Look at it. All around, you got a 32-team playoff every year and 28 of the teams were in last year that mount union had a i think it was a 112 game winning streak in the ohio conference before john carroll or somebody beat them a year ago now they don't have the big enrollment not that it makes any difference when you're getting all those transfers mary harden baylor down in texas decided Mm -hmm. 15 years ago hey it used to be a women's college they decided 20 years, 15 years ago, let's get good in football. So they build these facilities, and they recruit in Texas, and they're getting transfers. This is it's all around the country. Uh, Pacific, uh, the one out in uh, Washington, Pacific Lutheran has dominated out there for a hundred years. It's you know, it's division. Th- the only problem here is a football problem, and right, you know, and Caruso made some bad mistakes by. When he beat St. Olaf ninety-seven to nothing, and they, you know, I think a tackle scored the last touchdown or something, and and uh, and then Hamlin. But but how do you? I mean, 
you you have a conference that nobody has any interest in if you don't have a national, you know, a team of, you know, we already have the UMAC, right? Mm-hmm. We already have the UMAC, which sends a team to the playoffs every year and they get the hell beat on them. Uh, and uh, we and these guys basically want to somehow turn this into another UMAC, and it's stupid. It's uh, but why do the presidents think that this is is a good idea? They're mad at uh, I I don't know. I mean, they all have their various reasons. St. Catharines, which it used to be, I don't know if they still do. They used to share classes with St. Thomas, and they're what a mile down the road. Yes. They're going to vote against them. They're mad because they started a pre-nursing program or something. I mean, some of it is just That seems to be off cheap. topic of the problem. Yeah, that, some of it's just cheap political stuff. And you're letting McAllister help make the decision. They bailed out on football. Right. They bailed. So why are they allowed to help make the decision? I don't know. There's, uh, uh, the plan has got to be that you have an upper bracket, a lower bracket, and uh, those bottom five teams each year – Play each other three times. Play each other, and then only play three. Is so you get to miss. You get to miss St. Thomas, the the winner. But St. Thomas finished third last That's year. That's what I was going to say. The incredible thing is they finished third. And the only reason Bethel made the playoffs as the runner-up was because they beat St. Thomas. There is no chance. And then they won two games. Bethel got to the final eight, and the only way they got in the playoffs was because St. Thomas was in the league, and they beat them. There's there's only like seven runner-up spots. You know, the 32 teams, there's only like seven out at large. There's 25 conferences. So, you know, you ask Steve Johnson if he likes St. Thomas in the league. He said, hell yes, because last year if he loses to St. John's, he doesn't get to go to the playoffs. Right. So it's just, I don't know what it is. They're just, but the here's what bothers me the most is that, and it's, it's academia in the modern era, right? You can just say, well, that's a privacy matter. It's a, it's a private matter. Anytime an athlete gets suspended or something, they don't tell us why. Well, they're going to, you know, that they can do this. They don't have to stand up and they're going to do it with a secret ballot, allegedly. Yeah. A secret well, ballot without, at the meeting. Without your story. If that doesn't get out. They would have just gone ahead, and the, yes. the next, the next story, the first story would have been about yeah, the fact Thomas that they changed the of, yeah changed the bylaws, rules, yeah. and St. Thomas is going to get booted. Yeah, so I I don't know what's uh, I I think it's been put off, but I'm not sure, you know, because they got another meeting in May, and we don't even know for sure what happened at this meeting last Thursday, but uh, I I I think uh, uh, Sullivan, uh, the uh, the woman who was a St. Thomas president, managed to somehow mollify them. And uh, well, we won't beat you ninety-seven nothing next time. I had some guy sent send me a Twitter response. I don't know if you saw it. He ended up killing it later after I made fun of him. But he pointed out that in indoor track, there's never been another team win outside of St. Thomas. Yeah, I did see that. And I said, yeah, I think you're probably the first guy who thinks this might revolve around indoor track. Presidents you are know. ticked about that indoor track success. No, no. I mean, Augsburg is now average. You know, they, they're, they've won 100 straight titles in wrestling, and St. Thomas doesn't wrestle. Yeah. They gave it up. Uh, and now they're adding women's wrestling. And, you know, Augsburg, 
Three years ago, I think, beat Bethel 62-61 to 61 in the last game of the year. This year, they go 0-8 and, and get their ass kicked by everybody, and they're mad at St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. Why aren't they mad at themselves? Why aren't they mad at Frank Hagee, the coach? What, what happened here? But the How co- do we get this rotten? But the coaches aren't mad. The well, some aren't of the mad. coaches want them out. Some of the coaches okay. want them out. Yeah, Hanlon, wants, Hanlon desperately wants them out. Augsburg, Augsburg football wants them out. I'm not sure how Augsburg would vote on it. But some of the coaches do. But the guys up at the top, Terry Horan and Concordia, even though Terry Horan's fighting it now because of enrollment and uh, commitment to athletics and everything, and Bethel and even Gustavus and St. John's, obviously. St. John's is more worried about this than St. Thomas is. Well, they should You know, be. they need them. You know, yeah, they're going to play at Allianz. They're going to play yeah. at Allianz Field, and it's sold out. They're going to have twenty. They're going to have as many people as they have for the Copa Cabana Gold Cup or whatever the hell it is against hated hated Gowana. Copa Cabana Gold Gowana. Cup. Well, they sold out Target Field. They should be worried yeah, about that. Yeah, well, they didn't sell it out, but well, they had thirty-five thousand. A nice crowd. Yeah. Uh yeah, they've you know they're terrible, but but. If they get rid of St. Thomas and the premise is, well, they're too good, then they, then they're going to have to come up with something for St. John's, right? They're going to have to come That's up with something. Yeah, and there's nothing they can use. Yeah. Well, one thing they're talking about is putting a limit on roster size because St. John's and St. Thomas both have over 100 kids. Concordia's got Well, yes, St. John's has 150 kids. A hundred and ten of whom run down, get to run down the hill on Saturdays, and then are never seen or heard from do, again. Do they realize if they limit roster sizes, the ass whoopings yeah, are going yes, to be yes, worse? Yes, that's right. You can't put in they want to the Judd Zolgads of the well, world. Here's one of their problems: because they only let you travel sixty. Okay. So some of the worst beatings are like when St. Thomas beat St. Olaf. 97-0, they only had 60 players down there, and their third-teamers were better than St. Olaf's first-teamers. You know, if it had been at St. Thomas, he'd have 120 guys, and he could right. have called off the dogs in the, if he wanted to. Now, that wasn't one of Glenn's strong points, calling off the dogs, but he was better at that last year. He did not... Uh, he didn't run it up as bad last year. But at St. John's, you know, Gallardi in the day, when he could get used to it, would start summer practice in August with, like, 15 offensive players. He'd have them there for three days, and then he'd bring in 15 defensive players. And then, because he wouldn't have to feed. He didn't want to feed all of them, right? Yeah. He only wanted, because of budget reasons up there, they're cheaper than hell at St. John's. They still are. <laughs> uh, and then and then he'd bring in, like, okay, a couple of weeks before the opener, he'd bring in another 20. But there's a hundred kids that never, never uh, showed up until the first day of school. Okay. He'd already have played at least one game, probably two. So games. that's when all the kids joined. Yeah, he okay. wasn't going to feed a hundred kids. <laughs> he wasn't going to feed 150 kids because he got billed for it in the athletic department. So now I don't. I think somehow they he had to. I, I don't know if he could still get rid, rid, get away with that at the end, but but right. yeah, a lot. I mean, nine, 
90 of their kids, when I'd go to their practices, would be down at the end of the field throwing ball to each other, playing Frisbee and holding up flashcards, <laughs> doing nothing. They were just on the team. They wanted to tell their girlfriends, they, the Bennies that they ran on, that they were on the St. John's varsity. Right. You know, so it's, uh, they're, you know, academia in uh, 2019 can frighten you man and this is this is just a bunch of pompous asses who you know St. Thomas was a founding member in 1920 this is their 99th year in the MIC St. Olaf left for 24 years and then came back St. Olaf and Carlton left from 1951 to 1975 went to the Midwest conference okay. then didn't like playing the bill paying the bills right of travel sure so they came back and one st thomas was among the schools that allowed them to return mm -hmm. and now you're going to let them make the decisions i mean being one of the five original members should stand for something i would think yeah but i don't know what's going to happen so why didn't we get back, upset back in the day when gags ran scores up well because i know, read your column at brotherton had a very good point you know that most of us read about it on Sunday morning, right? Mm -hmm. In the Star Tribune or the Pioneer Press. Look at those damn Johnnies. They beat, uh, they beat, well, they never beat Concordia that bad. A, they didn't beat them as bad because there just wasn't as much points and many points in football. But, uh, you know, they, oh, look what they did. They beat poor Hamlin 63 to nothing. Uh, that damn gag. But now when you're on. Now you got people going on Twitter to see how bad St. Thomas is kicking Carlton's ass, and and by the time the game ends, there's a big, you know, anti St. Thomas to do going on. I think that's part of it. So it's real time that's become the problem. I think. Well, I think more so. Plus, Gag was not, you know, Gag was goofy old Gag walking the sidelines. Glenn's out there running around, and he's got, you know, I like Glenn, but he's got some PJ in him. You know, he's he <laughs> he was telling me about family before. You know, forget about me. I love you. Before uh, PJ ever said it, so what's that? And that for kind of drives. Forget about me. Forget about I me. love you. Okay, it's all over the place. That's why I was rooting against Virginia in the Final Four. They had a family T-shirts. Oh, with the basketball. I think everyone had those. Pat. I thought everyone had those. I think Virginia. Made I thought it I saw family problem. on a bunch of teams. I mm -hmm. thought the NCAA adopted it. Mm -hmm. Well, in baseball, as I said, I used to say. I used to say family was hitting a double with the bases loaded. Now it's hitting a home, home run, run with the bases loaded. I like the Manny theory. Yeah. That the double it is, is the It is. The double is the pull-up jumper. Why did he hit a home run? By the way, Buck is, you know, something he's doing. I'm going to have to try to ask. Remember how many foul balls he hit? Yeah. You know, way down there. He's hooking that ball into the left field corner now. He's keeping it fair. And he's hitting the you know, hell out of it. Oh, God, he's... Those Eleven of those doubles. What? Eight of them got to be rockets in the left field corner. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's uh, anyway. That's uh, that's what I know about St. Thomas, and I'm not sure if they're in or out. But uh, anyway, that's I, I think they're probably in at least for, uh, and then it'll be brought up again in a couple of years, maybe. But I'm not sure. They still have a May meeting, so they could pop up and do anything they want to. The NFL draft. Your favorite. Your favorite. <laughs> time of year uh, are you going to egan no i'm not going to egan 
But uh, you got three days, you know. Friday, I, I got to write Friday for Saturday, and they bring in the number one, and they help yep. two. But then again, that's at night too, right? What's that? The, the draft, draft itself. Uh, yeah. yeah, but they'll bring in the number one in the afternoon on Friday. Yeah, but we got fifty-two guys covering it, so who gives a damn? They don't need me. That's my my theory. But uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, it's fine, uh, but it's uh, you know, as I I wrote this Sunday. Have you seen the Seau uh, 30 for 30? I've not, but I saw your piece on it. You watch that, it gets you a little less excited about football. Now, I will say in their defense that they're trying to get the, you know, you watch Junior, those highlights and his helmets in there all the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you're still going to end up with CTE. You're still going to end up crippled and, but, but. When you watch the way the game was allowed to be played, even in the 90s and into the early 2000s, at least they're trying to do something. And, and at the high school level, you know, the, the, the pull-down tackle style is, uh, has become, uh, you know, very everybody almost is doing that. And Junior stuck his helmet in there, but uh, it's also, I mean, it's depressing as hell because he was like Mr. 28, 29 years old, he was the vivacious. And yeah. Everybody in San Diego loved him, and he would never walk past a fan without signing. And by the time he's at the end of his run in San Diego, he's laying in bed, you know, his wife saying she's divorced him. He's out drinking and carousing and raising hell and sleeping. And, uh, you know, I mean, his brain is gone. So, But anyway, yeah, I mean, it's 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 the greatest marketing thing in sports because it I guess to the some degree in the NBA you renew hope with the draft right mm-hmm. but you still know that if you're drafting first your goal for the and get Shaq or your goal is to make the playoffs you're not going to win the title right I mean, you you still got to yes. go through the process. Now we got him. Now we need two more. Yep. Right? You need three. You need three great ones. And uh, But in the NFL, and, you know, baseball and hockey, you, you know, maybe if you get McDavid or one of those. Right, guys, hockey. You know, but there's, know there's the one every five years, right? Yep. Uh, but in NFL renews, you know, they're going to draft a lineman in the first or second round, and he's going to solve that problem. Yes. And, and you know, we got Treadwell coming in, so we got that receiver that we need. And you, it, it's the greatest marketing thing ever because it renews, it renews the fan base. It renews 32 fan bases every year. Yep, and you're pretty it's, much convinced it's going to work. It's Yeah, you Despite are. The fact and, and, and that's, you know that now this is a ways back. 1960, Vikings are an expansion team and have the first draft choice going into 61. First of all, the draft was held in December in a hotel room in New York. In a, you know, it's no media there. Yep. Might have been standing outside. And the Vikings had the first overall pick and took Tommy Mason from Tulane, a running back from Tulane. And the next days, Minneapolis, I've only seen the Minneapolis. I haven't gone back and looked at St. Paul. But the next days, one of the papers, I think the Tribune, it wasn't on the front 
sports section. <laughs> it wasn't, and I think on the star it was, and they might add a quote. Okay. But they had eight, nine graphs. Uh, Tommy Mason, they might add a quote, a stock quote. And then they had the whole list of seven, I think it was 17 draft choices back then. They had the whole list. It was like on page three. And it was, and that's why you had people traded number ones willy-nilly. You know, you traded draft choices. You know, Van Brocklin traded a raft of them mm-hmm. for guys who couldn't make the Cleveland Brown, you know, like Jim Marshall and those guys. Yep. That Jim Marshall was a good player, but he wasn't a Cleveland, you know, they he got about like five or six different guys from Cleveland. And Jim Marshall, a few of them played for a few, Jim Prestle and uh, and guys like that. But uh, it's... Uh, well, the 17 rounds... But, well, awesome. hey, by the way, Junior Seau, 1990, I believe, mm-hmm. fifth overall pick. It was in the Marriott Marquis in a in a yeah in a hall at the yeah it was in a uh, you know of you know one of their meeting halls at the Mar- Marriott Marquis 1990 in a hotel room and there's a bunch of tables around and I don't know how many players were invited because juniors are getting big hugs and stuff and the media's there's you know maybe 30, 40 guys and. Rogers, not Roger, Tagliabue's walking up to this little microphone on a on a stage not as big as this studio, and which isn't that big, and uh, and announcing with the fifth pick, Junior Seau. Well, it didn't get on television till eighty something. Yeah, probably, at all. probably not. Yeah, I I can't remember, but it's that that's why it's so charming and ridiculous when baseball, particularly. Tries, tries to, to tries to emulate that, and they got butt up there scratching his head, and and uh, you know, they, it, listen, they won, they won the draft contest. You're never going to emulate it, so just do what you do. It's yeah. not because the fact that we drafted Byron Buxton second overall. If you get the number, if you get the number two pick in the NFL draft, you're going to be excited. Yes. You get Byron Buxton and you say, boy, I hope he's in the big leagues in four years. Yeah, I was going to say, then you just wait. Yeah. So anyway. Positive Pat. Okay, here's Positive Pat. I've been waiting all day for this. I, uh, being the good cheester that I am, I went to Easter uh, Mass Sunday morning with the two grandkids. And, uh, of course, my stepson and his wife at St. Ambrose in Woodbury, which is full of I mean, this is 11:30 in this place. Huge church, families all over the place, including Wes Walls sitting with his whole well-dressed, very disciplined crew sitting a couple of rows behind us. So, in some of the downtime, first of all, I was very proud of my grandson Luke because I said, "What do you think the sermon's going to be about today?" And he said. Uh, Christ rising from the dead. And I said, oh, that's very good. I thought they might talk about Eddie Rosario's three home runs, but that's okay. And uh, But now I say to my granddaughter, 10, Abby, who had her first communion a couple of years ago, I said, when's the last time you went to confession? And she said, second grade. <laughs> so I was thinking. So I, I, I got my mind got going. I said, what if when you went to confession, you could tell on your brother 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, you know, you might have to offer up something you did wrong. Yeah. But if you could tell on your siblings, and I thought, you know, one of the things you got to get those eight to fifteen year olds, eight to fourteen year olds hooked, right? Yes. You got them to, you got them to get into the. You know, because there's a lot of competition out there now for the Roman Catholicism. Absolutely. They got these great big damn churches that are, you know, and they come in and all you do is sing and you don't, it never goes an hour and 15, hour and 20. It goes 45 minutes, right? I guess. I don't know. And uh, great big non-denominational churches. They need the competition. So yep. I'm thinking, I think that's the key. Just think of how enthused those 12 and 13 year olds would be. If they could go to the confession and tell the priest all that their sibling did wrong, I think it'd be great. So what do you think? So basically, you've found a three-point shot for the youngsters of church. <laughs> yes, that's right. Forget me. No, I, Forget maybe me. You're gonna have tell to, on maybe you. you're going to have to have a one-on-one. You can tell something bad about yourself, and yep. then you, you can't. It can't be. I love the idea. We got to have a. You got to have a little. You know, cleansing of your own soul. Sure, sure. But, uh, I did this, but but you want to hear yeah, something really but, bad? But he started it. You know, I think uh, that would be good. I I, whenever be, I go to church, this could be sellable. Whenever I go to church, and that isn't that often, I contemplate things. Yeah, like I know. This. I don't blame you cause because you have a fresh view because you don't go that. Well, way. plus when I was a kid in Fulda, Minnesota, at Saint Gabriel's, that Easter week was Holy Week was the worst week of my life. It was unbelievable. Well, Good Friday is a pace Station, of play nightmare. Stations, uh, you know, well, first of all, you start tough. with Palm Sunday, which is you got to walk out of there with a palm. Yep. And then, uh, and then stations every every day, and Stop. you know, starting stations. starting Thursday, nonstop church, right? Yes. And Good Friday, three hours. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Noon to three. Yeah. Oh about yeah. It. I've always told that story about an hour in, my old man would elbow me and say. Tell your mom you're sick. So I'd I'd tell my mom I was sick, and then we'd walk out and we'd drive around and look at duck ponds for an hour and come back. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, at least you had your old man on your side there. Yes, Paul. yeah, I did. Yeah, he was he was the greatest get out at communion guy of all time. In fact, he died of a heart attack parked in the bus stop at Saint Olaf Catholic Church after sneaking out at communion and waiting for my aunt Peggy to come out. Really? So you don't believe? The big fella up there, can you? <laughs> Dick, he said, the big fella, I've had enough of this. <laughs> I've had enough of you sneaking out at communion, and he struck him dead right there at St. Olaf, uh, 1973. I like your so, ideas, though. Yes, I, I keep thinking. You know, I don't think I'm a candidate to be a pope, but I could be an advisor. Oh, no, no consultant. <laughs> yeah, consultant. Just be a, yeah, just be a consultant. church yeah, consultant. I could be a consultant. Patrick that would be good. Anyway... Soccer, Wednesday night. Let's go. Let's get a nice Zlatan. night. Who we playing? Jonathan, here you go. Who we got? LA Galaxy and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Ooh, I thought he was injured or not coming back, but he's back, huh? No, yeah, he's back. He didn't play the first game. What can we call him if, so we don't have to spell his whole name? Can we call him the Big Z or something like that? Just Zlatan. Uh, okay. Z-L-A-T-A-N. That ain't that easy either, by the way. Zlatan. Okay. You can call him Ibra if you want. All right. That's a little bit easier. What are we now? 3-3-1? Three, three, and one? Uh, three three and one. Three three I think and one. So, yeah. yeah, three yeah. three and one. We'll Pretty good it. for the schedule. When's your first appearance? Yeah, depends upon how we gotta yeah, get maybe, out maybe there. tomorrow night. I'm a Wednesday night. Maybe Wednesday, Wednesday? night. Like, right. I'm not writing, but it you know you go out and watch it. It's a sight. Mm-hmm. Like you the singing will drive you crazy, but it's a sight. I gotta get I'm gonna go to a doctor and see if I can get medicated. I'm gonna have him say, I need a little 
What do I need? What do Too I bad need? you don't drink anymore, or I, or I could advise just myself. Just a couple of, how about a couple of quaaludes? The Can I get a, Doc, I'm going to a soccer game. I can't stand chanting. Just a couple of ludes. That's all I need. All right. Oh, all right. Unchained. We're done. Unchained. We're done with that, with that quaalude Ricey suggestion. Ricey on baseball tomorrow, too. You want to hear that one. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.